Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the world, the Sixth Sense Media Podcast, with your host, Mike Phelan. How did this how did this film come together? How did how did the whole thing get rolling? Cuz it's it contains a lot of interesting themes and uh, uh, several interesting characters, so I'm sure this was a process to put together. Yeah, Devin and I uh, started the company in 2014 with the idea of making our own films, uh, creative content, and writing our own stories. And we had been dealing with a couple that were, were trying to get off the, you know, off the ground. And in 2017, I believe it was, uh, Devin was, uh, you know, we, we was hiking the trail, with, uh, Appalachian Trail with his wife, and uh, was thinking about this story. Um, and so he brought that idea to me. And then we started just kind of going back and forth uh, as we do with, with uh, plot points and, and all this kind of uh, creative process that we take care of. Kind of went from there and then snowballed into a feature-length script. I don't know, what was it, 90 pages, something like that. And then we got it off the ground uh, by June 2018. So it was a pretty quick process. Yeah. Was the story uh, as a whole always containing the the turbulent relationship between the uh, the sisters, uh, the father, and then the <laughs> the other the uh, I don't want to give too much of it away, but the other uh, the the real villains of the piece was it all part of the plan originally, or did these things come about uh, later on? Yeah, the I, I focused initially on just the main character and trying to figure out why she was out there, you know, what was she going through that, that drove her to, to take on this monumental task of running basically across the country at full speed. Um, so I knew that the relationship with uh, her father was uh, kind of a starting point for me. Uh, and then the external... Uh, turmoil was which kind of mirrored that internal uh was the, the two guys out in the woods uh who she comes across uh, but yeah i think i started from a place of figuring out uh you know kind of what demons she was uh fighting against what she was running from and the relationship with her father was the first place that i that i went to uh, when it came to casting for this it required quite a bit of physicality from most of the actors uh how did that process uh, go about? Was it was it easy to find the people you needed that would be able to perform on camera, both uh, getting into the headspace of the characters and performing the physicality? Yeah, we um, we had a really great casting director, Pascal Rudnicki, here in Chicago, and we saw quite a few people um, for each role. It was all a local cast, and. Celeste was actually surprisingly the easiest one to, to cast because she, she came in, nailed the role right there in the, in the room. And then we brought her in for a, like a physical callback uh, with our stunt coordinator. And it was the only person I, that we called back and uh, she got the role right there on the spot. Uh, you know, the whole, the whole cast was eager to do their own stunts. Now there's always kind of a little bit of a risk when you're dealing with any sort of you know, non-stunt performers doing their own stunts in case of injury, things like that. You're out in the woods. You can't really replace them easily. So we were very hesitant to do a whole, a whole ton of um, the bigger things with, with our cast. But we brought in Aaron Crippen, who's a fantastic stunt coordinator here in Chicago, and he was able to work with these um, 
these great talented actors before this the shooting began and he was able i was able to give him a lot of rehearsal time um with the actors so that they could become fluid and comfortable with all of these different action sequences and i think it really pays off on screen um the fluidity now there were some bigger stunts of course uh i don't want to give away too much but there were some bigger stunts where we did have a couple of stunt doubles or you know stunt double for celeste but but she was adamant she wanted to do a lot of this stuff herself so it was really great working with uh, uh, the eager cast members that we had here. Yeah, and we lucked out with Celeste because she, as it turns out, we didn't know this when we auditioned her, but she actually does have a background in track and field, and she played basketball. Uh, and we found out after we had booked the role for her that she actually identified really closely with the relationship with the father for the character because mm-hmm. uh, her, her father essentially was her coach when she was young, uh, pushed her really hard to be better, you know, drive herself harder. Uh, so she had an immediate uh, identification with the role as well, and she was able to just fall right into it. We couldn't have asked for uh, anybody better to play that role. She really embodied it. Yeah, her father was the director of the Joliet Correctional Facility, facility here in Illinois, so it's a pretty, pretty tough guy uh, <laughs> you know, that she got to grow up with and uh, have influence from. But, yeah, she nailed everything. We, were, we, we couldn't have been happier. Yeah, she, she could really pull off that intimidating look, that, that look of determination. It was... It was a joy to watch her just even even the scenes where it's just her. It was it was great to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the experience like filming on location? I'm sure it had its its fair set of uh, trials and tribulations, but what was that experience like? Well, it was kind of like Range Runners boot camp. That's what the uh, the cast aptly named the entire experience, the cast and crew, because um, we were out in the middle of the Shawnee National Forest for 16 days. And we were, you know, hiking in our own gear every morning uh, and out every night. And our crew was tough. I mean, it, they, they, were, they were there to, to make sure that we got everything we needed with our creative vision. But it was by no means easy. Uh, the challenges were, were there every day. Um, but it was, uh, it was a heck of an experience to be down in that setting, too, for this kind of a story. And the Shawnee National Forest and Southern Illinois in particular uh, really showcased in this film, I feel, and uh, the people down there were so accommodating and and just wonderful to work with. We had a local historian, John Musgrave, who, who came aboard and got us a lot of the locations we needed. And um, yeah, so it was it was a tight schedule. We we shot in 18 days, two two up here in Park Ridge, Illinois, for the track and field <laughs> flashbacks, and then the 16 down in, in the Shawnee National Forest. But yeah, it was it was a definite uh, roller coaster ride from start to finish. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's hard to articulate just how intimidating a film shoot entirely on location outdoors is. Uh, we were entirely reliant on natural light, um, so when it was you know when the sun came up, we started filming. We had to stop when the sun went down. Uh, I was hiking into a lot of locations. It was the heat. It was the bugs. It was the you know natural terrain. Um, but at the same time, yeah, there is some freedom also to doing that because you're not reliant on um, you know, the indoor space, like getting, getting somebody to approve of you redecorating set, uh, their, their, their rooms. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of like, uh, having to put furniture out and we didn't have any background actors. So there was actually kind of a purity to just being able to go out in the middle of the woods with exactly the people we needed and just let the scenes play out, um, almost naturally, you know, based on what the script had without having to do a lot of stuff, uh, you know, to, to manipulate the environment to what we wanted. It was already there for us, ready to go. 
Yeah, and the, the, there were no cover steps. You know, we, if we got rain, which <laughs> I think we only got one day of rain, serendipitously, it turned out to give us a really nice uh, sort of rolling mist over the hills for that final scene uh, that kind of emulated the Smoky Mountains. But, yeah, I mean, we're out there in the middle of nowhere filming, and if it rains, you know, we gotta we got to worry about continuity. And, uh, you know, we can't go down for lunch at one point because we've got to get the, the light on the top of this cliff just right. So we're, you know, we're just pushing everyone every day, but they were responding really well. And like I said, the casting crew really came through. Did it feel a bit like a uh, guerrilla filmmaking, like a, uh, like 70s style, like uh, kind of um, uh, like cannibal Holocaust filmmaking in that terrain? Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was, I mean, we did a lot of handheld and quick, you know, quick shots, setting it up, you know, going back and forth. We had a plan with our cinematographer, Daryl Miller, every uh, morning, you know, to kind of see what we needed shot list wise. But, um, you know, we would adapt and adjust as the day went on and as the, you know, the light would change, like we we're talking about uh, being under the canopy, having to deal with the heat, having to deal with the, the sweat. But it definitely, um, it gave us an idea of what we needed to capture on that particular day, what to focus on, what was the primary, what's the crux of this scene, what do we need to do, let's get to the meat of it right now. Uh, we don't really have time to waste. So in that aspect, I guess it was kind of guerrilla filmmaking because you're, you're shooting from the hip a little bit. But we were certainly all legitimate, all above board with you know permits and everything like that for these national parks we were filming in down there. Um, so it was, it was a nice combination, I think. But, yeah, there was definitely a run-and-gun attitude i felt how about you Devin? what did you feel yeah which was kind of great because it really forced us to uh make decisions on the fly which is stressful sometimes uh but you know it doesn't matter how long you plan a movie like this the minute you're on set you realize that certain things just aren't going to work the way you want them to you have to be able to just shift focus really fast i mean there were there were there were spots where we were doing a scene that we planned you know days if not weeks ahead of time at a particular location we had you know, trimmed to the trees and the grass, and then all of a sudden on the day, we're like, oh, no, we actually need to go look at it from this angle because of the angle of the sun or because the spot just works better for the scene. And the whole crew had to adapt really fast to us, kind of just being like, okay, that was the plan, but now we're doing this, and gather your gear up and move it over here. Uh, it's really, I mean, it's exciting, and when it comes together, obviously, it's, 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 uh, it's a really ecstatic feeling of, um, pulling something off that you know could have gone so very wrong, um, and at the end of the day, the the evidence is there on film, and you feel like you're just lost in the woods, and it kind of doesn't, it almost doesn't feel, I don't know, that a lot of work went into making things happen the way they were supposed to. Would you want to film a another another movie in this kind of situation, or do you think this is kind of your you're one time doing it and then you'll stick to more traditional <laughs> locations and sets going forward. Yeah. You know, we, we have a running joke with our lead producer, Christian Crocker, that we're going to stay out of the woods or the swamps or the, yeah. you know, anything, the mountains for our next project. Mm -hmm. But then we kind of always, we always, we always go back, you know, Devin and I, we, we love the outdoors. We love being in nature. And that was part of the biggest appeal. One of the biggest appeals for us for this, for doing this project was being out there in, in, in the wilderness and bringing a story to life that has the beauty of the wilderness, but also the macabre underneath with the, the violence and the thrilling aspects of the story. So um, I would definitely go back um, and, you know, we'd probably have to find a few new people to join us, but I think for the most part, they'd be on board. Yeah. I think, I think our producers would love if we just, I think they want us to do our next movie in a mall is what they told us, but 
Um, yeah, I, at least for me, I, I don't think that I would redo this uh, this situation for a film again in terms of storyline and plot. You know, I feel like this was our this was our example of what we can do with this particular story. Um, but I do every every time I start writing something, I'd say like a good eighty percent of the time, I tend to lean towards more isolated locations, usually somewhere out in nature. Um, you know, living in the city of Chicago for so long, just my mind wants to get out of there. And so I almost never actually write anything that takes place in the city I live in. No, uh, but that's, that's, that's what's exciting about it, too. I think we have one urban script currently in the works, and the, the rest are all sort of out in, you know, rural rural settings, woodland settings, mountain settings. So, I mean, you know, I guess that'll help with uh, the pandemic we're in. You know, we won't have to be in too populated an area, but... We'll see. We'll see what comes up next. We're definitely looking forward to bringing something uh, new and exciting to the to the plate. Yeah, uh, n- not to try to not to try to push you guys towards a certain state, but I mean, Florida really really needs a resurgence in uh, in film. So if if you want to film in like a, a city, you know, I got got a perfect place where you could do it down here and try to revitalize our our failing movie industry here. Where are you located? Uh, Tampa. Oh, okay. okay. Well, we do have a Swampland script, so, you know, you never know. Maybe one day we'll be looking yeah. Oh, we got plenty of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that attracted us to where we actually filmed Range Runners, which is in the, the southern tip of Illinois, basically right uh, on the Illinois side of the Kentucky border, yeah. <clears throat> was that, uh, you know, you think of Illinois as being a state that you're either in Chicago or you're in cornfields, uh, but you get down south, I mean, it's a really versatile area. There's mountains, there's woodlands. Uh, there's bogs. I mean, it's uh, you can almost pretend that you're anywhere in the Midwest uh, just by staying within the state where we live in. Uh, and we were really excited to, to be able to do all local casting, local crew. Uh, we didn't have to hire a lot of people from out of state, um, which was which was nice for us because we do we work in the film industry, and it was a lot of people that we were able to kind of say. You know, when we were coming up, we were working for other people who gave us a shot, and we're really happy to be in a position where now we can kind of bring other people along with us on our journey uh, and give them a shot as well. All right, gentlemen, uh, that wraps it up for the time I have. But uh, my last question, which is always the most important one, is where and when uh, will people be able to see Range Runners? Yeah, so we come out on demand and DVD on September 8th, so next month. And we're going to be on a variety of uh, platforms. Um, Amazon's probably the biggest name at, at this point uh, that we're going to want people to go and check out. But, you know, we're also looking at iTunes, uh, Fandango Now, Xbox, YouTube, some other ones. Uh, we'll be on demand basically on 95% of cable boxes across the country and uh, the three major uh, networks in Canada. So you can also find out information uh, more about the film at fatalfunnelfilms.com. We're also at Fatal Funnel Films, uh, Instagram, at Range Runners Film, Instagram, and then we got a Facebook page for Instagram, too, So, or uh, for Range Runners, too. So we're out there. Um, but September 8th will be the date where we can uh, start getting it out there for people to do this transactional video-on-demand uh, streaming services. You've been listening to the Sixth Sense Media Podcast. You can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Be sure to check out our movie, TV, and video game coverage at SixthSense.com and FanBolt.com.